आई वी एम दिस इज ऑडियो ज्ञान एंड आई एम योर होस्ट केदार निमकर वेलकम टू अ डीप डाइव इन टू द माइंड ऑफ ल्यूमिनरीज फ्रॉम द इंडियन क्रिएटिव वर्ल्ड वेलकम टू ग्रैंड फिनाले ऑफ दिस सीरीज वेर आर द डिजाइन ऑल्स इट वॉज अ ट्वेल्व पार्ट सीरीज फीचरिंग फ्यू ऑफ द टॉप इन्फ्लुएंशियल डिजाइन लीडर्स इन इंडिया टॉकिंग अबाउट द प्रोसेस ऑफ हायरिंग चैलेंजेस इन फाइंडिंग एंड रिटेनिंग टैलेंट and some tips for young designers i'm so happy and proud to announce my co-host for this series abhinit tiwari he works at gojek hey abhinit what's hey, up hey kedar happy to be back again can't believe this is the last episode in the series man yeah yeah and and today we have a special guest i'm so honored to have uh, roosh bhat with us uh, actually back with us on audio gan uh, he came in episode number 47 back in december 2017 obviously he needs no introduction in the world of entrepreneurs and designers uh, one of the most senior most designers in the indian ecosystem who's been responsible for shaping the indian digital space with a simple design through clear trip he's currently working on a saas based product for the us market he's a very old friend and a mentor so thanks rush uh, for giving you your time and it's a real honor and pleasure to have you on audio gan thanks kedar for that glowing intro and uh... so happy to be back uh, chatting with you guys great great cool so uh, rush we have a rapid fire round which is kind of a surprise round for all the guests uh, who have part of this series so consider it to be like a warm up round just pick uh, on the fly questions but nothing few of them might be related to circle back but uh, something just for fun so are you ready for that sure awesome So I'll start with there, there are ten of them. So I'll start with the first one. Your favorite quote? Any any particular quote that you really like? And the reason why I'm saying just a quote and not a design quote because I I keep following your Twitter, so it's interesting to know. Ah uh, no, one particular quote comes uh, to mind. Sorry, Kira. Okay, your favorite designer? I think uh, Dieter Rams. Awesome. Okay, this is a fill in the blank. Before everything else, a designer should be able to dash understand problems. Okay, a book you would recommend for designers to read, like "Don't Make Me Think" by Steve Krug. Okay, any recent app you liked very much? There's a game called Threes that uh, it's just a really simple game, but it's so beautifully designed and. Uh, maddeningly addictive to the point where i had to delete it from my phone wow okay nice uh, handwritten notes versus like apple note handwritten notes okay apple tv or netflix apple tv no contest <laughs> i was expecting that i mean uh, i i want to qualify are you talking about apple tv plus or are you talking about the box uh both It's a box. Then Netflix is in the box, so it's kind yeah. of no contest. Yeah. But actually, to be perfectly honest, I'm more of a Disney Hotstar guy these days. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. I think I left Disney after, as in like Hotstar after watching Chernobyl. Uh, I just like not uh, inclined to it. But great, yeah. Uh, fill in the blanks, which is I don't know how we'll uh, receive this, but yeah, if 
Mumbai is Martin Luther King. Bangalore is Dash. Batman. <laughs> Great. Uh, one thing you love about Twitter, and one thing you hate about Twitter. I love being able to discover new things, uh, and I hate the pointless debates. Okay. And the last one is your favorite person from history. Tough one. I think uh, maybe Einstein, just okay. because the world still doesn't work. the way he says physics works but no one could prove him wrong hmm interesting interesting cool that was the rapid fire round thanks thanks for doing this uh, and yeah we'll we'll come to the main topic of uh, our today's discussion although like in the past for the other guests we have slightly deep dived into what's the process of hiring and like how do referrals work and so on and so forth which was more on the job kind of insights to share from them but with you i think i'll start with like one important point and then it's more meta sort of uh, understanding of your thoughts so like we have worked together and i've seen that you appreciate where designers know how to code as well and in one of your tweet you have mentioned designers should know how to code how to design and how to communicate as well i don't know about the order of thing but can you like wanted to start with that that what is your take of who's a designer and and why do you think they should code design and also communicate uh, especially the communicate part so we can start there and and like explore more questions as we go along sure so if i remember right uh, i i don't know if i had another tweet but i remember tweeting something about a full stack designer yeah. and yep. saying something along the lines of uh, i think there was five or six layers in that stack and writing copy maybe that's what you're alluding to as communication was part of it but coming back to the bigger point i think that design is clearly far more than pushing pixels around the screen until they look or feel pleasing right i think design is uh, really really digging deep into into problems so that we can create great solutions and very rarely in any other field other than user interface design do you find that there's someone who makes things but doesn't know how to work with the raw material that is used to make the thing right <laughs> a sculptor knows how to work with uh, alabaster or marble or bronze or iron or whatever i don't think he could do what he does unless he understood the raw materials with which what he wants to make is being made and i think knowing how to code is is a very underestimated superpower for designers because it lets them bring their own vision to life so much faster than having to depend on others it also gets rid of any lost in translation issues it makes them a better more appreciated member of any team that is building software products because no longer are they the guys that just send across let's for the sake of simplicity call it a jpeg but they're actually in there with the their engineering counterparts um building at the raw material level 
So for all of those reasons and probably a few more, I think uh, knowing how to code is essential in a designer's toolbox. That said, it is getting harder and harder in some areas for designers to actually know because especially in the field of uh, native apps for uh, smartphones, I think grasping at that level of programming is significantly more complex than what the (laughs) designer used to need to know, which was uh, HTML and CSS, of course, inside out, and a little bit of JavaScript was helpful. But now we're talking full-fledged programming languages like Java or Swift or Objective-C. And uh, that, I can understand, is probably a little bit out of the depth for most designers. Mm-hmm. And and copy? Well, copy is uh, it's part of the design, isn't it? So mm-hmm. people that don't know how to do, like, I, I don't call them designers. People who don't know how to write, they don't know how to program. I'm, I get quite uh, frustrated with the fragmentation we are seeing today in uh, the field of software design. Someone is a UX guy, someone is an IA guy, someone is a like, copy guy, someone is a lipstick guy. Come on. Sure. I just, uh, it's highly inefficient, right? Let's say as as an entrepreneur, it's highly inefficient for me to hire designers that need five other guys to do one thing. Mm. As a designer, it's like, what exactly do you do if you don't know how to write what it says on the box? Mm. Uh, And we aren't talking about writing copy along the lines of what like uh, David Ogilvy writes for an ad campaign, right? We're talking about copy that goes in a label on a form, Mm -hmm. on a button or an error message. So we're not asking for literary masterpieces here. It's just basic stuff that gets your design to the point where it's the most uh, usable by the people you're designing for. Makes sense. An interface is 90% text, right? Anyways, like that's the primary medium of transferring the information. Like, Like if you don't get clarity there, it's very difficult to do anything else Right, probably the biggest lever that a designer has. Exactly, makes sort of sense. Yeah. yeah. Just one more question on that. When you said communication, also does it encompass uh, things like you should be able to present your design? Uh, like CEO should demo wo lines ka, like just a, like a different degree of uh, communication. Because then, if you can't communicate or if you can't defend your design decisions, it also lands up in heart Like you just go back with like a the old style key, like art director ne paper fard diya and then you have to go back and like redraw something. So does that also become a part of being a designer? Ideally, yes. But uh, I think uh, particularly in the India context where I don't think communication by and large is strength in any discipline, right? It's really hard to find uh, people that can communicate supremely well, whether it's through the written medium or the spoken medium. So by saying they should know how to communicate, what my purpose of saying that as essential for designers is that they should know how to communicate from within the product that they design. I do feel that it's ideal if they can also communicate in the real world through uh, writing and uh, speech and whatever other mediums. But uh, I feel it's 
is difficult for a lot of people and they shouldn't be disadvantaged for it there's something interesting you said rush that you're now leaning towards design is much more than pushing pixels i think all of us here would agree with that but i can't help but notice i've been following the work you sunit and the team has done for many years i can't help but notice that you folks did end up putting out a product where the form was also amazing the form was also simple right uh, the aesthetics were also great right uh, and i've heard kedar talking about your love for for the lack of a better word good taste right so could you talk a little bit about uh, you know what's the importance of form right and i do understand you mentioned data rams and he also said something like only well executed things can be beautiful right so i don't want to dig a little deeper into if you could talk about when do you prioritize for form yeah sure i'll t- i'll tell you exactly when we prioritize for form and if you look at the history of clear trip as the design history of mm-hmm. clear trip uh, i think the first versions of it never particularly looked pretty i mean they didn't look ugly but mm-hmm. no one was going to put it uh, in a frame and hang it on a wall right mm-hmm. so the way i think about this uh, guys is i put form third in a list of three things mm-hmm. and if i remember right i got into an argument one of these stupid pointless arguments uh, with harish at cred long before there was cred where i said i'd rather take something that works flawlessly but looks like shit than looks flawless but works like shit <laughs> so to me form is third i think number one is to make it work mm-hmm. number two is to make it work fast and number three is to make it look good mm-hmm. but sorry if i'm being too annoying here but no, no, for most entrepreneurs especially in a company at series a or you know early in your lifespan when you nail the first two the third kind of gets left out right so that's just, up to the entrepreneur's uh, yep. sense of taste right sure. if they don't care yes it will get left out mm-hmm. but if they do care then uh, i think uh, look most entrepreneurs love uh, love what they do right and mm-hmm. uh, when you love something you want it to be as good as you it possibly can be mm-hmm. so if they don't think it's important then yeah sure it will get left out sure from a business point of view do you think like have you ever been able to put you know directly measure see in your numbers the impact that to say form itself would have had like maybe some customers who were sticky to your businesses or products simply because of that no mm-hmm. fair enough i mean i oh. think even today like two days ago i was in uh, a conversation with uh, someone who's a growth marketer and he pulled out his phone and said see i still have clearchip i only use clearchip and i think for a lot of those people i don't think it's the form is pleasing but i don't think that's why it's the travel product of choice i think it's a travel product of choice because it works really well mm-hmm. it could look significantly different as long as it worked the same 
I think people would still uh, love it as much. So, sure. good question, uh, Avinit. But in my experience, I don't think I can say that, you know, this, I'm going to tie the way this looks to those extra points of conversion or X or Y metric. And great answer, Roosh, because I think a lot of people get lost in that. Like they, they start trying to quantify, uh, you know, measure what the impact of form and form alone is. And they and what you said makes a lot of sense. Do it because you care for your product. Do it because it shows the love that and affection that you have for what you're designing. Don't do probably not worth trying to measure uh, this thing at all. Like, yeah, saying, I, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I really think that a lot of designers, especially, and I'm sure all of us, uh, even the three of us in this conversation, have uh, fallen for this when we were younger. Is if you go show up to work one day and decide that hey, I'm gonna redesign this big thing or this little thing, half the time you're doing it for some personally motivated reason whatever maybe that design annoys you maybe like it's been like something you've been embarrassed about for the last like three months who knows whatever right yep but if your boss or your product counterpart were to come and ask you what metric are you designing for and you wouldn't have an answer Mm -hmm. so i think form is uh is one of those things right like Sure. We'll uh, circle back to that, but uh, the thing which about taste, which Abhinit, uh, I think I'll, I'll cover up. I have like a follow-up question on the taste part. Yeah. So, Rush, uh, like I've spoken to multiple people uh, in the AudioGAN uh, journey itself, and I've seen like, in fact, like just few weeks ago, I was talking to Sunit about it. Like people who are using like a well-designed email client will also want like a well-designed uh, kitchen trolley or like a well-designed wardrobe, uh, well-designed sofa. So the taste of touching something, feeling the surface of like a well-designed product, obviously functions also. All that put together sort of builds your taste is my understanding. Is there any way to acquire or, or retain those, like retain that taste? Or acquire rather. Acquire is important. Retain to ho jata because once you get used to it, you are used to it. I'm I mean, just listening. Uh, this. Sorry, uh, yeah, go ahead. Again, I think uh, I'm going to stick to the definition of well-designed that we in this conversation have sort of hinted mm-hmm. at, which is something that is well-designed is something that is that works flawlessly. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if that's what you're after, then uh, your taste is actually acquired simply by the dopamine in your brain going off when something works flawlessly for you, right? Mm. And then you want something else to also work flawlessly for you and the other thing and the other thing. So I think acquiring that is simpler than it seems. It's just having a fairly high bar for what level of flaws you're willing to accept in your experience of using the things you use i don't think it's as complicated as a lot of people make it out to me. i think if you search for something uh, and put a very high bar on what you're willing to accept mm-hmm. taste acquisition is uh, 80% done mm. no the reason why i was asking is because 
like works fast or works effortlessly or it just works that is a function of designer plus the engineer uh, a lot of times what i've been interacting with young designers the concept of working in tandem as a pod with the front end engineer is is missing in bits and pieces wherever as per my experience at least i mean right gojek because abhinit comes from a very heavy in fact he's a coder first and then a designer so, so i get into uh, trouble a lot because of that kedar it suddenly become unfashionable actually yeah, um, yeah. we can talk more about that day. correct so the question was more directed towards the form of it i mean simple taste yeah, like like how do you pick colors and how do you uh, like select the right fonts and how do you like i mean there are these new trends of skeuomorphism and like new new things but you know what i mean right it's just like basic rafo like simple enough to so that it works but it also looks beautiful too and i believe it's not a very methodical way it's just like what kind of content you are consuming what kind of literature you are reading what kind of music you are exposed to all that put together i've seen like your taste to be refined so i was just asking you ki how does it happen or uh, are there conscious efforts to be put in um good question i i think uh, a lot of it is learning digging deeper diving into the brands or people or products that you might admire yourself that you might love yourself and you know surrounding yourself with a lot of that stuff and you know you might love let's say bang and olufsen headphones right mm-hmm. um and then if you go say i want to go see how they do their brochures right uh in a lot of these places where there is a centralized creative direction you find that designer or that teams taste flows across various aspects of the company and the brand and not just in the hardware design of the headphone right so it often just comes from that right how often do you find that a product you love is uh, comes in a box that looks like shit it doesn't happen right yeah it almost always happens that the packaging is also great and the packaging isn't great because the product is great right the product didn't make the packaging great the same people that cared enough about the product to make the product great cared enough about the packaging to make the packaging great so you know if uh, if people are like want to learn how they can broaden their taste i think this would be one of the ways to do it right is take a look at the things you love and then take a look at what's immediately next to the thing that you love the box that it came in the office that it came out of the brochure that the company uses for their products interesting interesting that was brilliant sure now yeah coming back to the earlier thread was uh, so i have like a very simple question here which i was thinking to do a series but i think yeah it's just let's see how it goes but is good design good business push and in this design is not with the function part of it but encompassing every aspect of design absolutely um, yeah and and this is because in the recent uh, article you used uh, at hard copy i think you spoke about serial entrepreneurs giving some attention to design yeah so you you want to share anything there why is it happening or or any trends that you see or it's obvious those kind of things 
No, I think uh, it's obviously not as obvious as uh, the three of us might like to think it is. <laughs> uh, that, that's why I took a second time for some of uh, the second time entrepreneurs to pay attention to it. But obviously, it's obvious enough that the second time you go around the carousel, you're paying more attention to it. And I think, you know, for a lot of second time entrepreneurs, uh, they also have the, for a lot of them, what they're doing the second time around is probably now what they want to do for a really long time, if not forever. And so the level of care they want to see put into some of these things is significantly greater than for the first time. But why do you think design will bring that care? I don't think it's design that brings that care. I think it's that they care more about design this time because uh, they recognize potentially that this in some ways is going to be what they leave behind. Like, I, I can't remember where I read it, but it's like the first time you do it, you do it to make a living. The second time you do it, you do it to make a difference. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay, let's take a short break here. Okay, welcome back to the show. Rush, so you said like, and we were in the glass half full part of the conversation here that, you know, design, a lot of entrepreneurs are understanding the value that design could bring. But what are some of the gaps where you think uh, that, you know, Indian tech scene specifically needs to invest in design? Because personally, and again, you may disagree with this. Personally, I feel like we have, Back in 2006-2007, saw a lot of potential, right? But sitting in 2021, looking back, it's like, you know, there aren't a lot of very well-designed and designed by our definition, right? Just works uh, that I see in the market. Uh, So first part, you can answer first, like, what are the areas where you think we still need to invest a lot more in? I think we need to really understand, and this is as much as designers as uh, business builders, right? that I don't think design by itself is necessarily defensible, Mm -hmm. right? Design paired with multiple other strengths is what creates uh, defensibility. Now, I think what we seem to be really good at in this ecosystem is putting a lot of those other strengths to work and leaving design out. Mm -hmm. So if I look at, because it's also a question of, again, in this ecosystem, which is one of the most value conscious ecosystems on the planet, 10 bucks is enough to influence a buyer? Is it 100? Is it 500? I'd say at about anywhere over 50 bucks and you're kind of able to exercise influence. Right, But if you paired something that is the best designed and the cheapest, which kind of in the software world you should be able to do, uh, mm-hmm. because unlike hardware design, we don't have a bill of materials right? Yep. that comes with software. 
So you should actually be able to sell more and more and more of the same thing and be the cheapest and the best design. I think that to me is the, the winning investment, the winning combination. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you were getting at, Abhinit. No, makes sense. Um, So let me dig a little deeper here. One is like, um, I have a few theories, right? Like um, one is when I look back at that time, I remember the app store had just come out and people would make a to-do app or something and they had a price to it. That $5, $4.99 and download my app. And then when a client would come and you have to design another to-do app, the competition in terms of, you know, simplicity and design was much more direct. If you're going to sell it for $5, it has to be better. Mm. But over time, I've seen business models, and you touched upon this, they're they're getting more and more complicated as well. So do you think like, is there anything that entrepreneurs should do or, you know, have to do to keep their business model simpler? Or do they still have to realize that, you know, simpler things would sell better? That's what we designers kind of tend to preach, right? Um, Sorry, if it doesn't make sense. No, no, it makes perfect sense uh, as a great topic to dive into a little bit. The thing about complex business models is they end up not selling simpler things because mm-hmm. they'll give away the simpler thing for free. Mm-hmm. That's how the business model became complex, right? Apple's business yeah. model is super simple. Yeah. You like what I have? Open your wallet and give me some money and I'll give you some of this. Yep. Right. This is the oldest, simplest business model in the world. Yep. And then there's uh, Facebook and Google and X and Y, and uh, they don't sell you anything, right? They sell you to someone else. Um, everything they're giving you, Google's web search, simple, great, works. It's free. Gmail yep. is free. WhatsApp is free. So. In that world, I don't know how you go about defending the simpler business models because for as long as there's been a business model, people have been saying you can't compete with free, right? Yeah. So having said that, I think uh, that over the next half decade to decade, we will see business models getting simpler again because there is now... Uh, growing awareness. I was probably one of the first people to start like bashing Google for what what now is widespread and aware, right? People are aware that yeah. Google is uh, basically there. Uh, I'm going to take your stuff and give it away for free. You keep giving me stuff for free. Feed my index and I'll make all the money. That's part of it. The privacy aspects of it are part of it. The opaque pricing, X, Y, Z. And there's a growing awareness of all of this stuff at the regulatory level and mm. at the consumer level, right? So I think over these two forces of growing awareness of consumers actually saying, you know what, I don't want that free shit anymore. Because all that free shit is doing is spying on me, stealing my data and making money from that. And regulatory, from a regulatory standpoint, people are realizing that, look, you know, we actually need to do a lot more to defend uh, the privacy of our citizens, yep. to give them rights to their own data, to make sure that they have a say in terms of how their data is going to be used and not used or whatever. Yep. So 
I think those two things are going to keep moving forward. And in lockstep, as they move forward, we will probably see a re-emergence of simpler business models. Because now there is a way to compete with free and it's called private. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know whether this will make sense, but uh, I've been just reading a bit about BAT. And I think that will also democratize how marketing is done, how advertising is shown to people, the, the basic attention token. I think that will also open up like how we interact with Facebook and, and Googles of the world. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, I haven't read that much about it, so... Yeah, I even I've just done like very like I've, I've wished to go through the white paper, but it just like over a quick. And glance. what a long bet Apple has had on privacy. I remember, and I'm pretty sure both of you are aware as well. Back when Apple started putting this uh, front and center in the marketing stuff, people were like, "Oh, you're crazy! This is not you know the next billion users. They don't they don't care about privacy, right? This is not gonna work." It was just a decade ago, and I don't think I've rooted as hard for anything as I have for this bet. Uh, to play off, right? Because today, right? Like I see more and more people in India and I designed for Southeast Asia, right? Here also people used to say the same thing. These customers do not care. These customers don't care for privacy. These customers don't value time. So there's no point in making a product fast, right? These customers will never pay for say better packaging or better customer service, right? Things like that. But Thanks, Rush. Like, uh, you're, you're a glass half full person. Good to hear that you uh, see these things changing. Aim into that. Yeah. And obviously, there are lots of things to be discussed and asked to Rush uh, on an ongoing basis. So, like, uh, but just for this episode, uh, you would like to conclude with uh, one last question, uh, which is uh, Rush, if you can just give your observations or your readings about like design talent in India, right? Um, I have a plug in the end that even you are hiring, you're looking for people. Uh, but uh, yeah, any any observations? I'm very sure that you haven't like really engaged in interviews uh, for many years now, but you must be hearing people are reaching out to you for guidance. And so any, any observations you have uh, with respect to design talent in the digital or the software design of India? It's just a very confusing space. And I don't know why we have uh, such a dearth of talent. And I think it's going to be a couple of generations before we see it change. First of all, I think when I look at 15 years ago, I don't think anyone thought there's such a thing. So no one actually ever wanted to become one of these things, right? There was no such thing. And so we've had lack of as the series itself goes to show we've had a lack of matured designers, right? Which is really required in order for the next generation and the generation after that to become better designers. And since we don't have those yet or enough, anywhere near, I mean, this is what are we talking about? We're talking about a handful of people in the country, right? That you'd put into that uh, group of saying, here's someone with 12 plus years experience and top of their game. Mm. So who's going to turn them into someone that's better than them, than themselves, right? Uh, We just don't have that. So it's going to take a couple of generations before we actually have, and I'm being optimistic and just assuming that this is not a safe assumption by any means that there will be 
uh, even two generations down, like a significant number of people in the ecosystem. Why they don't exist is puzzling. I don't know. I'm not sure. We've talked to a lot of people in this series, Roosh, and yeah. nobody, everybody grapples with that question. But the answer is, it's anybody's guess. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Shreyas as well. Yeah, and, yeah. And we talked to him as well. And he was also, like, he's literally solving a problem in that space. Right? Yeah. But, but nobody seems to know why there is this gap in the middle. And it's the same for engineering also, by the way. Right? Is it? I mean, yeah. like, in any given company, no matter what size, I think, let's say you're talking about a post-series A company and you're looking at what, at least, at least a 15 engineers to one designer ratio. Yeah. So it can't be that bad, right? Yeah. On the engineering front. Yeah. A theory I've heard is that a lot of this mid-level talent is being sacrificed at the altar of management, right? So you end up making a great craftsperson a manager and you end up losing a great craftsperson and you get a terrible manager if they don't. I don't know these up. people. <laughs> Do sure. you guys know these people? I know a few. <laughs> yeah? No, man. I don't think that's the problem. Uh, sure. Because even if the great craftsperson becomes a manager, he should be able to extract that craft out of the people that now report to him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, Roosh, uh, like it, it needs some handholding to, to people manage. And I think that piece is missing. So, like, I've, I've spoken to few designers they don't know what what does a senior manager or like a L2, L3 kind of thing. In fact, because I've joined a fintech, a lot of designers are reaching out saying, I want to learn finance. I mean, like different problems designers at different levels are having and a lot of rejections get, yeah, you know, finance, no, I have to work on Excel, I'm not joining. This is what the designers <laughs> are saying. Right? So it's, it's just, as you correctly put it, it's way too fragmented and no clear definition. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very worried. I must say, about the state. Even two generations down, even though I'm saying it'll take two generations, it's with great hesitation and there's a vast amount of doubt as to even two generations down, does it happen? Because now, not only do we have a vacuum of people that can groom the next generation and the generation after that, but we've also got this, like, crazy amount of like fragmentation going on where mm. oh my god if like all you know how to do is first of all I don't even know where some of these boundaries are okay I didn't go to school for design uh, I studied economics and history so in teaching myself design maybe I taught myself too many disciplines I'm a jack of all and master of none but I don't know where the lines are in some of this nonsense right and the line that seems to me the most well-defined and most well-understood is actually the line that irritates me the most, which is I do UI and I, that guy does UX. <laughs> yeah. So apparently UX consists of understanding problems and UI consists of boxes and arrows. Mm. So I think this over-specialized world is going to cause us more headaches and more problems. Yeah. yeah. 
in fact i i completely resonate and this two generations is not even like an overstatement because we have to first deal with the craft and other things and then with the geographies also because this ui ux fragmentation you see more in mumbai as opposed to bangalore in hyderabad yeah, you know all story. of this junk was yeah. stuff you heard about in the startup world right like 10 mm-hmm. 15 years ago if you were a designer you were the damn yeah. designer you did it all this was yeah. stuff you heard in sap and ibm and all of those like uh, boston consulting group and those are the guys where you heard that oh, i do this and i do that like no one at like anyway it's unfortunate that it's uh, it's made the jump over into this part of the world but we were all web designers so rush to your point i think part of this complexity is also thanks to how complex software has become Right. Mm. And another thing is, Kedar, like more than Mumbai, Bangalore, I see this as a difference between small companies and big companies. Right, like the mm. need for specialization, it comes in because all functions get specialized actually after a company grows to a certain size. I am still to decide why. But mm-hmm. to wrap this up, and I should have brought this up in the previous question, but Rush, there's something you said. Uh, which reminded me of a screen or a flow in clear trip right like i always used to appreciate that when i went to clear trip and booked a flight on the checkout screen clear trip would be very direct with they would always have a plain text coupon code right above the field right where you were entering and you might get a very tiny discount but it felt good whereas on other travel platforms or other websites when i used to go it almost felt like they've intentionally made it difficult if you have a icici card with an indian oil partnership then you will get this and a giant list and eventually it was so difficult apparently that coupon duniya came out right somebody literally made a company which solved for this use case right <laughs> so i don't know if this story makes sense or not kedar we can remove it later uh, but i think that shows right um, because that complexity in that screen is definitely making business money right that added complexity which makes it harder for the customer to find the right voucher and apply it is making yeah. money it's pure numbers yeah. so that stage i think that the founders have to step in or somebody has to and take a call that we will lose this money but this is better experience right so yeah I, uh, no no you're absolutely right uh, we had lots of fights about this kind of stuff all the time and you're very right about how the coupon game works as well right yep. you want it there you want to make noise about it outside so that you get people to the top of your funnel and by the time they leave from the bottom of the funnel you want them to somehow forget that the coupon is what brought them yeah <laughs> yeah quite honestly i think there's a tension between short term thinking and long term thinking and i think in matters like this at creative we always chose to use the long term view mm-hmm. right so actually if i if it had been entirely up to me it would have been even simpler than what you saw right sure uh which is that i just apply the coupon for you yep and i still think that long term if you want to take a really long term view of things like i'm talking about and there's very few people that can really do this right i'm not even sure if i can but this is the taking a bezos level long term view 
right? Where the man always said to any investor that came and had a conversation with him, he said, my investors' interests and my customers' interests are long-term aligned. There is no conflict between these two. But somehow you don't see that clarity of thinking a lot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember one more thing which uh, Roosh only had introduced me to, the Dieter Rams website, the Witsu website. Mean. Uh, so you, you go there and you order stuff. And at the checkout page, uh, it's a very like straightforward line that don't buy right now if you're not sure. I mean, it takes real balls to write like that. At the checkout page, we don't buy right now. We are here. You can come back later and buy. <laughs> I mean, I was just stunned by that, uh, like, which is very, very opposite to what we do, right? Five minute, last minute, two minute discount, what about? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cool. I think we'll wrap up this episode. Um, thanks, thanks, Roosh, for giving your time. It was like... Really- Thank you, guys. It's uh, It's been fun. Yeah, fun talking to you. And and thank you, Abhinit, uh, for being co-host uh, on this series and being part of like such amazing conversations I had uh, with everyone. And yeah, thanks for being there. Welcome, Kedar. I had just as much fun, if not more, than you did. Cool. For listeners, thanks for listening till the end. Currently, I'm heading the design at jupiter.money and we are hiring at all levels. Visit jupiter.money slash careers. You can follow AudioGAN on Instagram at AudioGAN Moments or visit audiogan.com for more GAN sessions. You guys want to plug, I think, Rush, uh, you're looking for researchers uh, and, and designers, if I'm not wrong? Yeah, just uh, designers, actually. Okay. You don't so, want to fragment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avinit? I do hire from time to time. It's been slow this year, but if you want to know about any openings from Gojek Design, follow us at Gojek Design on Twitter and we'll post updates there. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you, guys. And that's it from today's GAN session. For show notes and more GAN, visit audiogan.com. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to check our other interesting podcast on IVM Network. You can listen to us on IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. To stay tuned, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at IVM Podcast. And if you wish to connect with me, I am at AudioGAN Moments on Instagram. Until then, take care. Hello! It's been a great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On this round is on me. Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish Thing, Anish welcomes ultra-marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon, the mindset of a runner, and what it actually takes to run a full marathon. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus, Naveen, Akash and Shreyas talk about the Korean band BTS serving in the military and its repercussions. On Think Fast, Varun and Suchita discuss Wing Greens and their latest acquisitions and about the Indian sexual wellness market. And on Shuni One, Sheila Dathya is joined by Dinika Bhatia. CEO and founder of Nutty Gritties. They talk about coming from a business family and Dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt-free snacking. Once again, don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com. We have some exciting new merch out there for you. Also, do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. 
and do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to appreciate them rate them and review them wherever you are listening to them you can also check out all our other shows on youtube.com/ivmpodcasts and finally we would like to thank our sponsors this week volvo xc40 recharge bumble heads up for tails kotak privy league program and hdfc mutual fund thanks guys without you this would not be possible Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.